Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. I think we really do know what the deal is. We love talking hockey, but we gotta, yes, yes. We gotta remember, it's not just you and I listening. <laughs> it's, we get lost in it, right? We just like, Dude. oh no, it's just Mike oh, and I talking, and then we get lost okay. in it. But I'll, no, I'll even mention we it. We're even going to mention it right on the. You know what? Th- this could even be in the show, folks. All of this is in. J- just going to. We're let already you... halfway done the show. Oh well, fuck <laughs> Jesus Christ! We're doing good here, folks. Yeah. It's going to be a shorter episode this week, both in time and in actual verbiage. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to chew your ear off this time, guys. Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Two yeah. hours. It's a we lot, hear you. A lot of loud and clear. <laughs> Keep it down. <laughs> yeah. Sim- simmer down, boys. This two hour, right. this hour and a half, two hour business, can't handle it. Now we're spending, now we're spending 20 minutes talking about how we can't talk too much. That, that, <laughs> so that, take, that takes two lunch hours to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here we go. And, and we're around the boards. Yes. Now we are. Eastern Conference. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Do you want to end with this one? <laughs> this is a tough one to start with. You know what? We Yeah, uh, <laughs> we, we can end with it because we got a little bit to say about that. So we'll, we'll just okay. move, yeah, move along to the second one here. So Carolina. Carolina versus New Jersey. Oh, okay. Okay. So as, as I mentioned to you earlier there, I, I kind of get this writing done on a Sunday. So there were some things that happened last night, some big things that happened last night. <laughs> That I that I really wasn't able to kind of get in. So here here's the deal. Carolina, great start to the series. At home, dominating. As far I even have it written down here that the devils were simply deviled. Like if you watched game seven, if you watched that New Jersey Rammer. If you watched that New Jersey and Rangers game seven, New Jersey was all over them. Like it, it, it honestly was an extremely poor showing by the Rangers. Like they just didn't even look like they were in the game. Yeah. In regards to Carolina and New Jersey, Carolina basically gave New Jersey their own medicine, as far as I'm concerned, in games one and two. Gobble it up, baby. Um, things were so bad, really, to the point that I had Jack Hughes as my beast. Well, after his performance last night, he is now yeah. one of my beauties. So flip the script, Jack. <laughs> good, good on you. Have at it. I mean, look. And for the first two games, Carolina was pretty suffocating uh, in regards to puck possession. They, again, they were they were kind of doing what they did to the Rangers, to the Devils. Um, you're getting some nice little uh, production out of Martinook with a goal and three assists. Uh, KK's got three goals. Jarvis is one and one. Uh, Nason is one and one. So uh, even Stahl, uh, two goals and an assist and a plus four. And this was in the first couple of games. So they're getting they're definitely getting it from their their secondary scoring like the the the, the bottom six is coming coming to play or balanced. Six, but nicely yeah. balanced uh obviously proven quite difficult to match up with until last night i had here before last night i had that new jersey's big guns have gone silent hughes with no points minus four in the first two games okay you know what but we're just gonna put the brakes on that writing Hughes came to play two and two last night, and you know what? I'm even going to get. I'm I'm even going to get into my beauties a little bit right now. That that's a big time performance from Jack Hughes, and that's why he's in my beauties. I mean, 
you went from not doing anything in the first two games. He, yeah. Well, it's not. There's a way to wake up. That was the way. And it's not just that, right? Like, I mean, Carolina is focusing on Jack Hughes. Period. Like regular season, yeah. and ten times more on in the in the playoffs. So for him to do that, to have that big of a game, and let's face it, man, it was just flat out needed. Carolina goes up three to one. The series is over. I'm like, it could even be a sweep. But last yeah. night, huge, huge bounce back by the Devils. Hughes himself. I mean, I'd have to check out some other guys to see what they actually put up. But Hughes, massive game, massive game, leader of that club. Yeah, and that's exactly 100%. what you needed. Yeah. I mean, Schmid's kind of come back down to earth a little bit, but I mean, Vanacek, yeah. Vanacek goes in in game three. Yeah. I mean, not not perfect, uh, four goals, but still gets the win, flips the script. They're into the series two to one. Uh, you know, I've got Anderson until last night. He was playing great. Uh, you know, 944 yeah. save percentage in game one, 966 save percentage in game two. Gets pulled in game three. So that's starting to bounce things out a little bit. But, I mean, he, he obviously he's played well enough to be their number one. Like, that, that as long as he's healthy, yeah, yeah. He, he's the number one. Yep. So, yep. you know, last night New Jersey basically makes this a series. And we'll see how both teams respond to this in game four. Yeah. And I'm going to go a little bit further in, into it in the sense of, that it's while it's nice, like I, I can see the positives in it for sure. Like, how do you not see positives out of eight goals scored uh, in one game? And your big guns coming to the show and and being the big reasons for that eight goals. But my, I don't know if it's that I'm pessimistic or what it is, but I turn around and I look at four goals against. And eight goals against Carolina can happen every once in a while, mm -hmm. but it doesn't, it doesn't happen that often. Don't bank on it. That's not the team. The team is very good. They're very balanced, both defense and offense. They got great goaltending. You've mentioned it a little bit off the top here. So to get eight that I, I, again, you don't ever bank on it no matter what the team, but this is Carolina. I wouldn't expect that to happen again. So that flips the script, the script, sorry, when you're looking at the four goals against, I'm not happy with that. From New Jersey's perspective, if Carolina can score four goals, they're going to keep you to four or less on any given night, except for this night. But I believe you've gotten that one outlier out of the way now. So now you're in trouble because Carolina's just going to make all these adjustments to make sure that you're not doing this again. And that means they're going to score four goals on you and you won't come near that. You probably will get shut out at least once. Um, I see Schmid being the difference maker in this in terms of keeping New Jersey involved, but I don't see it being enough. So I'm going Carolina in six and I'm getting, I'm giving Schmid a game because otherwise I would go five, but I am giving Schmid a game because I, I think I've, he's been impressive enough that at the end of all of this, they're going to look, they're going to give some serious looks at Schmid for next year. It changes the landscape of their goaltending a little bit and the team as a whole, which is a very positive thing, but yeah, I, I still, as great as it is, as nice as it is to see all the big guns show up, you're going to see them shut down. Carolina's just too good. brindamore has been there for five years, and every year he's taken them to the playoffs. They have three division titles. Um, he's already the winningest coach in franchise history. He knows what he's doing. He's This is his team. He's got his mark all over it. Like, it just ain't happening. Well, I mean, I've got Carolina in seven myself, and and I will say this. After last night, I mean, you got a lot of good things going on, right? I mean, 
Meyer, Timo Meyer finally gets off the playoff schneid, let alone the series. Uh, Good point. You know, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you got Brat putting up a big game. Mercer, he, I mean, Hughes did what he did. Um, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to go seven with this one for sure. I, I Caroline is going to take this series. I really do feel that. I, I, I really yeah. don't think there's an we'll issue there. But I, I do yeah. think, you know, like I said, I mean, Carolina goes up three nothing. This thing's completely over, like real quick. Yeah. But yeah. after last night, with getting these guys off, you know, off the Schneid, I yeah. really do think that that could get, propel uh, New Jersey back into the series a little bit. But again, I, yeah. I I will echo your sentiments, and I won't say too much more other than this. Uh, I will echo your sentiments in regards to Carolina been there, done that kind of thing. Brindamore is going to have them prepared. Uh, you yeah. definitely won't be seeing another eight spot go up against Carolina probably the rest of the playoffs, uh, let alone oh, let alone this series. So agree there too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I I think you got two teams that kind of mirror each other a little bit. Um. And yeah, I think this is going to go seven for sure. Going to be a great series. Uh, I'm actually kind of glad that New Jersey got back into it a little bit here because, you know, yeah, I, I just, sure. I kind of felt like if this was kind of sweep or in five games, like I kind of felt like maybe we would have left wanting a little bit. But either way, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it before already. New Jersey playing with uh, house money. I mean, this was a successful yeah. season no matter what. Carolina's got a yeah. little bit more uh, pressure on them. Uh, they've been here, done that, looking to kind of break through a little yeah. bit. So this is going to be interesting game four to see how everybody kind of, uh, you know, rebounds from either the loss or the win, whichever way you're looking at it. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, we're going to see how this kind of plays out here in the next couple of days. Now, a completely different scenario happening in the other game Ooh. series. <sighs> Toronto, Florida. Okay, so is this, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I got I got a fair Dude. bit to say about this, bud. Okay, you can go ahead. Go ahead. Start it off. First and foremost, happier than a pig in shit. Like, I <laughs> I am loving this guy so bad, it's not even funny. Oh, I'm sure. Now, I mean, as a fan of hockey and getting to the the logistics of what's going on here for the Leafs, um, dude. For, forget the fact that they're three they're down three to nothing and I really do think this series is pretty much over for like you know Florida's gonna take it yeah but yeah the Toronto Maple Leafs are in a bad spot and I'm not just talking <laughs> about the actual series like uh, the way I think this is gonna go is they lose the series and I mean dude we could conceivably see a president a general manager and a coach get let go which is funny to say because this is the most successful they've been in 19 years. <laughs> and, 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 and that's the other part of it, right? Here, yeah. The Toronto fan base, I mean, they are just dying to get out of the first round. They do it, like I said, 19 years. They finally get out of it. If they skunk this dude and they get fucking hammered and it's for nothing, man, like it, it, it is going to be an off season to remember in Toronto. That's all I'm going to say. Is that... I, I don't know. Ex I don't know exact. Personally, I would feel that if they don't get over this hump, well, get a, they're not getting over this hump. They're going to lose in, in the second <laughs> round. And oh, I, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I just, I just don't know where they go from here, dude. 
I really don't. I mean, I'm looking at Marner, uh, not Marner. I'm looking at Matthews in game three. There were a couple times he gave oh, up. Man. He gave up on plays. And 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 furthermore, I'm at work today talking to a Leafs fan, and he said exactly that. He he said I'm yeah. sitting there and I took my jersey off. I took my Matthews jersey off. I'm like, if you're not gonna fucking play, I I mean mental the mental mistakes that they, that they made in uh, what was it? I think game, I believe it was uh, game two. Uh, I think Nylander makes the gaff at the blue line and Marner makes oh. one too. Yeah, like, yeah, I think you're right. It, I think it was game two. And you're up two to one. Like that's game management, yeah. man. That's lack oh, of yeah. focus. That's game management costing yeah. your team. So you know, combine that with the fact that, in, and Florida's not exactly fleet of. Uh, um, um, what I'm trying to say here is they've got some decent team speed. Their four, yes, their four check and physicality have really been kind of yep. tough for the the, the Leafs to handle. And and the, what I'm going to say. On an overall, Marty, the Florida Panthers have been able to make this series chaos. That's kind of the best way I can explain it is the Leafs like to have that free flowing kind of off the rush and, you know, lots of speed up and down. the, And that's just not what's happening. It's just not. Um, the other thing I do want to mention is the back checking by Florida's forwards, dude. Oh, okay. uh, like obviously everybody in the league knows how the Leafs play. It, it's kind of running gun up and down. And mm-hmm. again, I was talking to that Leafs fan at work today and I, and we both agreed Florida does not have a fleet of foot defensive core. I'm not saying they can't move around, but when you're talking about guys no. like Gudis, Ekblad, I mean, you know, Montour can get around a fair bit, but th- yeah. the previous two are, are, aren't exactly speedsters. So the Leafs yeah. were going to try and attack that with speed, but yep. you're not, you're going to help the defense out that much more and not expose them as much to that speed. If you're, if your forwards can back check and that's been happening. Yeah. So, Oh yeah. Again, this w- Florida team definitely seems more like a playoff team than Toronto does. Toronto oh, yeah. looks like a playoff team right now, but we talk- Toronto just looks like, a regular season team, but we've talked about they, it. They don't have anything, and we and and Marty, we've talked about it. We both agree, they've been playing playoff hockey for two months. Like, Florida, yeah, oh fuck yeah! Before the oh, be, God, before yeah. the playoffs started, not for. I'm not talking about they had since, to. They had to catch up. Like I mean, they, they had they, to battle out for that last spot, it. right? And then when they finally did, it actually carried over to the playoffs, which is a great recipe for success. Because again, like and even you had mentioned it before, like you're playing with house money. And that's basically what Florida has. So, again, a team that's got nothing to lose is one of the most dangerous teams out there. And look what Florida's doing right now. Because I'm sorry, but tell me it's not in the cards that Toronto is going to get swept in the second round. Because when you think of the storybook concept, well, what's worse than losing in the first round? Well, not winning a fucking game in the second round. You might as well have lost in the first. It's the exact same thing. So, to me, it just sounds like a Toronto Maple Leaf story. So this is it's in the cards. You know, they losing four. I, I I have to agree with you for sure on that one. I mean, and and the, the last thing I say is, you know, you spend you built built this team, and the roster construction is basically a core four. What have they done for you? Yeah. What have uh, what have they done for you in the second round, other than help you? Literally nothing. Other than help you lose games, they're doing less than nothing. They're losing games. 
So they're yeah, they're costing I mean, you games. They're costing you time. They're they're not. They're they're they disappeared. I mean, it's pathetic. They're supposed to be led by these by this group, and nothing is happening. And I don't understand how nobody's got it in them to step up and do something. How is nobody capable of stepping up at some point and, and really, especially when Samsonov went down? Like you knew this team was got to buckle down that much harder. And the second he goes down, you threw Hall in there. Oh my God, you guys better make fucking sure. And they didn't. They, they, they there was no rea- there was no response. There was no reaction. I know they're the ones who threw their own goalie into the dressing room, but that's not the point. You still come out with some sort of answer so that like you know you let Hall know that they've he they, they've got his back. And you, and you do something. And you know what? I got some breaking news here for you. I'm <laughs> changing my prediction. I was actually I was actually Uh-oh. giving the Leafs lots of lots of leash. Lot, you know, giving them lots of kudos. Nah, I had Florida in seven. Fuck it, we're going Florida. Same thing as you, bud. Florida <laughs> in four. It's done in four. We're we're out. That's it. Toronto? I just don't see how they overcome this one. No, it's but, isn't. This is in their head right now. No, they're done. They're done. I'll tell you who is. And it's it's also. Sorry, oh. no. I was just gonna say one more thing. It also, it also just doesn't feel like any of those guys are either ready or willing to take this on and see it through. Who's the Mark Messier in that group? Nobody. Who's the one that's going to carry soul. them through? There's not one. Nobody there no. is worth their weight in any of those contracts. None of them. I thought JT would have been. Hell, I'd even go as far as saying O'Reilly at one point. But it really doesn't seem like anyone's doing anything in that locker room. See, and, so, and but unfortunately, it needs to come from either Marner, or Matthews, or JT. To me, it's those three. No, I, I mean, and if you want my honest opinion, the the guy who's been at the center of all of this, this whole thing, this whole rebuild, all of it, is Austin Matthews. I, dude, yeah. dude can can't do it. Cannot nope. cannot give up on plays like just can't can't do it. Like. He's your goal scorer. He's your guy that you set up, and he every time it's in the net. That's how you get your goals. That's how you win your games. That's your guy. And I don't put this as much as I literally, in terms of order, if I put the weight on, it's JT number three, Marner number two, and Matthews number one. Matthews, in my opinion, he's got nothing. <laughs> he's got absolutely, he's not a leader. Don't you dare ever give him a C. He's got nothing. He's, I don't know, like I, <laughs> I'm really disappointed in him. I expected a lot more. You want it? Do you? Do you want me to be honest with you? Do you want me? To, I'm going to be honest with you. What I expect out of Austin Matthews, and and somebody can look at me sideways or, with everything that they've invested in this guy, and everything that he's been built up to be the whole nine yards. You see what Leon Dreisaitl's doing out there in Edmonton? Okay. Yeah. Austin Matthews should be doing those types of things. Okay. I'm not saying it has to be exactly point for point, but this is it. Something like you can sit there and tell me like, yes, Tavares has got the captaincy, all this bullshit. No, no. The the straw that stirs the drink in Toronto and has for years, you built this whole thing up. You brought in Babcock. You brought in a freaking president who said there was going to be pain, like the whole kit and caboodle. It's Austin Matthews. And what I saw in game three, and, and listen, I, I'm sorry. What I saw in game three was horse shit. Okay? Absolutely. That that right there, that that's a that's an entitled player, in my opinion. Yeah. At least for that game. Because comes off that way. Everything that this organization has invested in you, and they dude, you can you can sit there and say, Oh, I got pressure. This hey. You wanted the money, you got the money. Well, guess what comes yeah. with that money? 
is the responsibility and the weight of that franchise on your shoulders. And Marty, mm-hmm. this is this is the last thing I'm going to say about this. That can just not happen. Period. End mm-hmm. of story. That's it. That's all. No negotiation. No comeback. That has to be better. End of it. You cannot have your best player play that way and expect the team to win. He is supposed to be leading that team. And what do you think a guy like a David Camp or, you know, pick anybody, Zach Aston, hey, whoever, when they see him play like that, and I'm talking Matthews, when they see him play like that or lack of effort, what do you Mm -hmm. think they're going to do? Like this guy's making 11 million. I'm making like 875,000. You think I'm going to go over there and fucking block shots if this guy can't even uh, put effort in? Give me a break. Yeah. Give me a break. Total, totally, totally disappointed in the Leafs. I got to say, and, and, and Marty, I'm not shying away from everything. I've said it already. I, I, I hope to, I hope they lose. I think that I don't think the roster, roster construction works to win a championship. So yes, I'm happy that this series is going the way it's going, but my God to fuck. If I'm a Leafs fan <laughs> and I see that in game three, I'm losing my shit. I really, really am. 1967 and you're gonna have effort like that come on dude come on now like matt sundin may never have won a championship in toronto but he gave his heart out every single time you knew he was leading by example i i'm it's funny because to me matthews especially the way he came into the league and the way he's he has played in the regular season he was well on his way to being one of the one of the top Mm -hmm. and in my opinion he he could have surpassed Sundin but because he's not he's just giving up he's there's no extra level there's no gear to him there's there's nothing it seems like if he's not in the mood it's just not going to happen well I'm sorry you're never going to be as good as Wendell Clark you're never gonna be as good as Matt Sundin you're never going to have the same kind of accolades because you've got no give you've got no heart I don't see it I see you there collecting a paycheck but I see goose eggs in round two are you kidding me you can't score one goal. You can't find it within you to at least play well the whole game. I don't know, man. Like anybody else plays like that, they'd be benched. So it's because it's because of the number on the jersey. I mean, on the back, not in the front. I mean, look, it, it's the writing is on the wall. Um, you know, we've said this for years. There's just no pushback, and and I ha- I I haven't seen any so far in this series. I saw less of it in Game Three, and I I mean, it. it I just don't think some of these players are built for adversity at at the very least, at the very least, not in their current state three years from now, maybe they learn something. I don't know. Yeah. But it Uh, seems like when this Leafs team faces any kind of adversity, they just can never push through. No. So, I mean, and, and, and look, somebody will sit there and tell me, okay, yeah, but they beat the lightning in the, and yes, they did. But if we really go back and, do the Lightning usually give up a four to one lead in a hockey game? So, you know, there's nothing wrong with the two series being two completely different hockey teams. Yeah, like I can see the Maple Leafs coming in and beating the Tampa Bay the way they did, and then getting complacent. And you know, they wanted Florida, right? Like maybe they just went into it with a little well, bit too much them. complacency and. Now it's now they're way they've done they've dug themselves too deep of a hole to get out, um, and it's, and th- flip the script here too. Florida, like we said earlier, 
came into the playoffs playing playoff hockey. They were scratching and clawing their way to the top of the eighth seed uh, to make sure that they got in. And they did that, and they just kept that play alive. And ever since then, they've been they've looked increasingly more and more dangerous. They've seems like now you got Bennett coming up and doing some some different things, things we haven't seen Bennett do before. Um, you're seeing players stepping into different roles as they need to be fit in. The longer they they play in the playoffs, so they're finding all those guys because at the anybody will tell you at the end of a cup run, you've got all those characters right that all play different roles at different parts and they were important pieces of the puzzle well you're starting to get that with these characters where they come out where you've got montour playing just fucking great hockey right now and gudis doing his thing as well and then you've got like i said bennett doing his thing like everyone's and kachuk i mean just le- talk about a leader um the entire way Bobrovsky becoming oh. Bobrovsky again yeah. like what the hell's going on these are all characters in in a movie imagine because that's what the whole stanley cup thing is and they're just, they're finding the right characters. These people are stepping up. That's why Toronto's losing. Who the fuck is stepping up? Gustav? Gustafsson, sorry. Um, even O'Reilly, who does have a goal, I'm disappointed in him. Like, I really expected there to be more leadership on and off the ice. And, or he's being told to stay quiet. I don't know. But it just looks weird because part of the reason you go out and get an O'Reilly is to have that extra kick of leadership in the dressing room and on the ice and i'm not necessarily seeing it or it's falling on deaf ears there's always that too. i mean quite a lot of egos in toronto right quite simply it just does come down to the fact that the way they built this team with the core four is it they're simply not getting it done it's a damn poubelle yep just not poubelle. getting it done so it'll be interesting to see on well, wednesday night if they have any fight back i i we'll see no we'll see it's over Put money on it. <laughs> now, question for Don't put money on it. Now, I've got a question for you. And I'm sure that a lot All of right. people have been asking themselves this question as the, the Seattle Kraken have marched their way through the playoffs. Do you think that after game three, a 7-2 to drubbing by the Seattle Kraken, do you think the Dallas Stars are now in a hole? Oh, that's a good question. Um, even are they even though it's only 2-1. to one, yeah. What do you yeah. how are you feeling about the Dallas Stars? I would say it's a hole, but it's not a big hole. And the reason why I'm saying it's a hole is because it's not just two one, it's two one in Seattle. So mm-hmm. Dallas is currently in a hole. Um we talked about it at the beginning of the show. Uh it may or may not make it to the air, but um their Seattle's record is better on the road than it is at home. But who's kidding who? You're at home. There's an advantage to playing at home. Everybody knows that. That's home court advantage. It's the thing. Uh, so at the end of the day, I look at that as being, you know, if you're considering Toronto's in a 20-foot hole, well, then Dallas is in a five-foot hole. It's not inescapable. Um, you win this one. You, you know, you did the same thing in Seattle that Seattle did to you in Dallas. You walk away and it becomes a three-game series. Okay, no problem. It's not that big a deal. My fear is, again, what we talked about at the beginning, um, we need to maybe stop underestimating Seattle and what they're capable of doing. Um, they're, no, they're, they're well past the luck stage. This is in the, this is who they are stage. It's pretty legit. This is a team, yeah. This is a team ready to fight, ready to win. And there's just so, con- there's so much consistency in their game 
to break it seems virtually impossible to break through that consistency so you can find a crack um that and pairing that with grubauer deciding he's just gonna actually be a good goalie all of a sudden <laughs> like the way he was in colorado right before he was uh, unprotected and then seattle picked him up and then he's been shit in the bed ever since um including this up to and including this season this regular season now these playoffs have been completely different for him which is awesome and great for seattle hopefully they can continue to ride this because let's face it they did not make it to the playoffs because they had great goaltending. They made it to the playoffs because they played consistent hockey and it was enough to get them 100 points and right into the playoffs. Great, good. I do think past the first round, had they stayed in the first round, we all could have said the same thing. It was good that they made it, probably a lot of luck. But now that we're halfway through the second round and they're leading 2-1 and they're still at home, now we're past that now. This team's earned this and we need to be aware of that, especially even to going into next season. A lot of these players are going to be back. This is a well-constructed team, man. Well, I mean, here's the thing about Seattle. I mean, f- first and foremost, I, my prediction is Dallas in six. And I'll stick to that. Okay. I'll stick to that. Now, having said, a, said that and moving on with everything that's happened in the series so far, here's Seattle without their top point getter. Not the greatest of goaltending. They're ranked 14th at 12% for their power play. Yet here they are. They they scored it's one like the regular season. Well, they scored one power play goal in garbage time. Let's let's call it. I mean, it was seventeen thirty. Or uh, I think there was like about three minutes left in the third. But you know, they got a shorty. Gord gets them a shorty. Yeah. To make it six one, and it's all even strength. Like it's, it, I I just feel like there you're always waiting for this this shoe to drop for Seattle. Yeah. Like I mean. There's a lot there to say, geez, and you know, I really think Dallas is going to take this. But here, yeah. but here's Grubauer. He has sub 900 in the games one and two. Comes back 923 save percentage in game three. It, they just, I feel like there's so much that should be going wrong for them, if that makes yeah. sense saying it that way. And it's not. So if they can get even the smallest of buck pick on the power play, if they can get the smallest of uptick about of Grubauer's play, you, you see where I'm going with this, and they're already up two to one. Like, yeah. don't get you know, and of course the news about Heiskin and he gets a cut in his face, so he's uncertain for Game Four. If he can't play in Game Four, that's a massive minute muncher on the blue line for Dallas. And yeah. you know, guys are gonna have to play minutes they're not used to. Again, advantage Seattle. So you gotta start to wonder. These little things that you feel should all add up to really be giving Dallas a more of a two to one series lead. And it's the other way around. <laughs> so I'm starting to think, you know, I, I'm I'm sticking by Dallas in six. I'm not going to go off of my prediction. I'm not going to start changing stuff. But man, oh man, I get the feeling that the Seattle Kraken could win this series. Like I, I let me rephrase that. I won't even say could. I'd be leading Seattle to win the series right now. I'm not gonna. They they have they have every right to win the series. But at the very least, I don't know that how anyone could argue against that. They have every right to win this series. They have absolutely in the first three games. They have absolutely shown that they've got everything needed to win this series. There's nothing that's missing. They've got balanced scoring. They've got great defense. They got great goaltender, and they have a phenomenal head coach. 
There's no reason for them not to. They might be standing in their own way. Maybe that's the only thing left. Because at the end of the day, when you look at those numbers, you think to yourself, there's something that's not going right. Because the numbers don't jump off as like, this is the team mm-hmm. that's about to go into round three. That's not what this, that's not at all what these particular numbers look like. But there's something going right. There's something working for them. And I think it's, again, it goes back to the consistency. No, no matter what their overall numbers may be in these particular categories, their consistency for every game that they play means they know what the next step is. And if they're aware of that, they're the ones driving that, then they can win so long as they're driving that. Dallas is great at playing their game, but I don't know that Dallas's game is driving the game. I don't know how much Dallas relies on their defense to bail them out and their forwards to figure it out. Seattle's because Seattle's been dictating it, the play for sure. And that's to me is part of the the recipe for success because so long as again, so long as they can dictate what's going on out there, then they know what the next step is. They're at least good enough to make sure they're headed in the right direction. And it seems like they continue to put themselves in the right uh, in the right circumstances to be successful. And quite frankly, that's all you need in the playoffs is just to be in the right place at the right time. But if you can create that those opportunities on your own and you're the one dictating that, then fuck, man, sky's the limit. And that's why I'm <laughs> as ridiculous as the sound. I'm going cracking in five. There's there's two games left to the series. Listen, I mean, I I can I can well understand where you come from there for sure. I mean, it. it... Again, we talk, you know, Marty, we talk a lot about in the playoffs, like something that will galvanize a team, right? Um, you can go yeah. back to that that little girl um, uh, that was hospitalized oh, for the Blues yeah. in 2019. Um, right. Again, Ben for your Oilers on their runs. Yeah. A little bit different with, with Seattle, but you got to wonder, like... Marty, I mean, we we've we read, we 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 talk, we we we've heard it over and over over the last couple, like so, let's say two and a half weeks here, like Seattle, ah, Seattle's gonna get beat, ah, Seattle, ah, you know they're gonna fall off. Like inside that room, don't tell me these guys aren't hearing the same shit. So it's like, oh. so it's like you know what, every everybody in your dog is counting us out at every step. Like hundred point yeah. season, we're still dismissed. We beat the defending yeah. Stanley Cup champions. We're still dismissed. We have a two to one series yep. lead against the Dallas Stars, one of the better teams in the league this year. We're still dismissed. Like, what do these guys need to do for us to not dismiss them? You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. starting to wonder if that is is beginning to galvanize that room now as well. Because, dude, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I, to a certain degree, I'm still waiting for the shoe to fall. But it, it, oh, yeah. it's not. It just isn't. No. And furthermore, like no. that, and it just, that game, uh, game three, it, it, it cements things for me a little bit. And that's why I say, listen, I'm not going to be the guy that's going to change his prediction. I'm st- sticking, I said Dallas in six. That, that's what I'm sticking with. But man, oh man, like that, that, that's, that's not just a solid win. That's a top to bottom. Like that's a great, great performance from that team. And again, you know, Grubauer comes in, finally has a game. Yeah, you're, you're you're without a forty goal scorer, your top point getter, your top point getter on a fucking expansion team year two. <laughs> yeah, like you know, Vince Dunn isn't exactly ripping things up. Like, I mean, no, it's true. You know, Matty Beniers. There's actually holes to the holes to what you would assume to be key players to their game. But somebody's and just stepping up. Does, I, you said it. Yeah. You said it best, Marty. Somebody, 
it doesn't matter who it is in that lineup. Fourth line, first, it doesn't matter. Somebody's stepping up. If it's not number create one. Create the opportunity. It doesn't matter yeah. who's standing there. Yep. Just create the opportunity. Everybody's talented enough to actually finish it off. Let's just make sure the opportunity is there. And I don't care who's standing there. They'll get the goal. They'll get the assist. They'll get the play. Whatever it is, that's what we dictate. It's just getting done. Like, yeah. you know, it's impressive. You, well, you, you hear it a lot, right? Like, you know, just get the job done. Like, you, we got to get that job. Well, there's doing it. They're saying it and then there's doing it. And man, oh, man, the Seattle Kraken are really getting this job done right now. Like, they are making yeah. believers out of everybody right now. And they're going to be dangerous should they actually make on to the third round or, well, I guess the conference finals at this point. So, yeah, I don't know how much people out there necessarily, if you're pulling for the Oilers or if you're pulling for, well, I mean, you're pulling for the Oilers, no, or you're pulling for Vegas. Um, one way or another, uh, facing Seattle would be, would honestly be terrifying because, again, once again, once again, the team that has nothing to lose mm -hmm. is the most dangerous team on the ice every single time. And that's what that's what this the thing is with Seattle though this is a team with nothing to lose that's coached extremely well and plays a system and a style that dictates the play so surprise no we shouldn't be surprised they they deserve to be up two one and, and I'm and, going cracking in five and and you know what I think you said it best like whoever the oh, again I do think I'm leaning cracking here going to the third round and if they get to that third round. There may be some people that say, geez, you're really kind of up against it now against the Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights, but I don't know, man, the way they've been playing, I got to think that yeah, maybe there's, okay. I think I got to think maybe there's some fear on the other side too, because listen, they're, they're stifling. I mean, they're stifling. They put out the defending champs. They don't care anymore. Like there's nobody who can stand in their way. Like what's going to stop them now? They, they beat, <laughs> they, they literally beat the best. I mean, you can, you, you can argue all you want about that but they were the best they had the trophy they I, will not have the trophy anymore and they are the team to beat them so that's right now speaking of the oilers and the golden knights marty yeah one one yeah. one one um a lot of things to like here I, i've got a few points that i'd like yeah. to hit on for sure but i how are you feeling over there i listen i'm not i'm great i'm ecstatic uh about a, not just a, a victory, but a 5-1 victory. It's quite the statement coming back from 6-4. Um, great I mean, bounce back. Empty netter, so, you know, you play at 5-4. Uh, but, yeah, definitely a great bounce back for Skinner. Um, very happy to see it. It You know, it, it, by putting him back in, you know, it gives the it shows everybody, no, we still have confidence. He's still our guy. Um, it, it kind of makes me wonder why we did it the first time, um, where we did switch it up and went with, and go with Campbell. I think was there a hint of an injury with Skinner at that time mm, in round one? I, why we switched, or was it really just because they wanted to shake things up? I think it was more of a shakeup than anything else. Now we may okay. find out though that there was a little bit of a bump and a bruise, and he needed a a little bit of time. Yep. We may find that out. Yeah. Of course, we're not going to find that out for and another couple of weeks yet. But no, it'll take a while. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but then Campbell came in, you know, played lights out. We all know that. So that's to me is the only dip disappointment in this. But there's you know the positives. Obviously, Drysdale continue to do Drysdale things. McDavid doing McDavid things. That, like everybody really looking Bouchard. Dude, God damn, I love Bouchard so much. 
he is such a great fit for this dude team. i got something it's to say about ridiculous. that i got something to say about that for sure i'll save it for you then because then I'll, I'll switch to what i originally wanted to say which was as good and happy i am about this victory i was disappointed that we didn't turn to campbell and i know a lot of people are going to give me some flack for this and that's fine because at the end of the day we won the game i don't care i can i could I was going to say, I could feel wrong about it, but I don't feel wrong about it. I still feel like even though we came out five to one, I would have liked to have seen Campbell thrown in because listen, towards the end of the year, Campbell had started to figure things out. He was playing a lot better than he had the entire season. And in fact, that was sort of the going conversation was, geez, he looks really good now. And then right before Skinner got injured, I think he slipped. He had two games where he slipped up a little bit and people were like, oh, he's back to his old ways. But they were actually sprinkled within a couple of victories too. So it wasn't that he was back in his old ways. He's just a human being. And he's a goalie. And all goalies lose games. But when I saw him in the playoffs and, and just what he did, how he performed and how well he did, I saw this as the perfect opportunity. You went down one game to none in Vegas and you lost your goalie lost 5-4 and let's be real here Skinner's not playing lights out on any other team Skinner's on the bench like the, his he's got sub 900 save percentage he's got a north of 3 goals against there's nothing to like about this he's not winning us games he's finding opportune moments to make a save so that the offense can continue to float this team on this boat of dry sidle McDavid and that's all it really is and fine it's gotten you to this point but how much just imagine this team with Jack Camp not not because it's Jack Campbell but just imagine this team with a goalie a hot goalie a goalie who suddenly figured it out imagine Schmied on the Oilers right now. Schmied doing what he's doing, but playing on the Oilers, where every night you're good for four, five, six Jesus. goals. But you've got, I know, but you, then you've got a goalie who's actually only letting one. Four, one, or two five, goals one, a game. six, one, seven, one. <laughs> like, it would look like the way the Avalanche looked last year, where they only lost, I think it was three games the entire playoffs. This is what, this is what Edmonton should be. But I'm saying, and I'm not saying that Campbell is definitely that, but I'm saying this was the opportunity to do that. Your goalie had already just let in five goals on, I think it was 26 or 27 shots. He needs to sit down. You can at the very least justify because he played like shit and you did it before and Campbell answered really nicely. So why not do that now? Again, if you, if you leave Vegas down to nothing, not that it's good. But it's okay. You're coming back to Edmonton where you can get both those games back because you're playing in your barn. And obviously at that point, you go back to Skinner. And honestly, nobody is angry because you tried to do that. And I'm talking about, obviously, I'm talking about the coach doing this, Waycroft. You could do something like that and get away with it. And But I really feel like it would have been an opportunity. I think Campbell would have actually rose to the occasion. I really do. I really feel like he's at a position in his, in his season. He's at a place in this season where he has put certain things together and he's ready to carry the, the rest of this team the rest of the way i really feel that's true i mean now it's fine obviously you're you're tied one one there's you can that plan can still happen so obviously it's not something i was ever really gonna be upset about you can't be upset about a win especially not five one but keep that door open because i do think campbell should be given another opportunity to carry the team the rest of the way um i will wholeheartedly disagree about Campbell uh, taking them the rest of the way. I will say this. Um, yes, he played better towards the end of the year. And yes, he had uh, the one great game uh, in the playoffs. But, you know, and and yes, 
the the, the peripheral numbers aren't good for Skinner. Like they just aren't. Uh, like you said, sub nine hundred and uh, north of three, north of three for a goals against average. But you're here. You're in the second round. Yep. You got it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and and what to to me what is really nice is in game two. Okay. I've got a ton of points here in regards to basically game two. And and I personally think that that was one of the best uh, uh, performances by the Oilers uh, in this playoff. And 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 furthermore, we could probably even delve into the last little bit of the regular season too. to all the, to all those facing the Edmonton Oilers in the playoffs, stay out of the fucking penalty box. Maybe because dude, (laughs) this thing is listen, I'm, I'm sure this is the upteenth time we're going to hear somebody say this about the Edmonton Oilers power play this year. It is lethal and it is clinical. Okay. Three for mm-hmm. three for six in game two. Man, they made Brossois look like, okay. Winnipeg, he may, he may have been a backup for a night <laughs> in game two because they made him look silly. I, I like to me. Vegas is gonna really have to play discipline here the rest of the way, oh, because yeah. big time. And 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 listen, they're gonna they're gonna give up penalties. If if for the speed that the Oilers can come at you with alone, forget any yeah. forget any like, just the speed alone, there are going to be penalties, but you just need to stay within yourself. Other than that, man, because you if the Marty, you've seen it time and time again. It's your favorite team. You've been watching these guys for how many years now? And I'm and I'm talking about like this McDray Mc, um, McDray Seidel. It is a McDray Seidel era. It is a McDray yeah, Seidel yeah. era. That's not bad. I mean, it 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 is astonishing what these guys can do on the power play. It is just. And here's the thing about Bouchard. I I certainly didn't want to take anything away from you. The only thing I wanted to mention about Bouchard is. Jesus Christ, that bomb from the point. Like, oh, like man. dude, That's the, the, thing the Oilers, oh. the, the Oilers power play was lethal to start off with. Now you've got a yeah. bomb from the fucking point. Like oh, you yeah. got you got dry all over there ready for a one timer. McDavid can do any bloody thing with that friggin' puck. <laughs> now you've yeah. got the now you've got the dimension of a of a heavy shot from the point. Are you fucking kidding me? Like it's awesome. Awesome for the player. I mean, he's having a ridiculous playoff, three goals and 11 assists for 14 points. He's he's, he's flourished more than anybody could, could have thought of since Barry got traded. And yeah, I I mean, dude, it's the Boosh bomb. I mean, it's got its own fucking name. Like this guy, this guy has really, really started to kick in the high gear. I mean, good on the Oilers for realizing that, it, it was time for him. Like they, they made yeah. the move. They got the, the, the big stud on D that they needed. But by doing that, you've opened things. Is he going to be a, exactly guys? He's never going to be the biggest defensive stalwart. Okay. But guess what? That's not why he was drafted 10th overall either. Okay. That's right. He was drafted because of his offensive instincts. You got your guy in Eckholm now that can be your big horse defensively. And <laughs> I mean, this is a match made in heaven right now. You got your big yeah. defensive horse, and now you got your oh, big offensive God, horse. So good. And yeah. and the other thing about Bouchard that I like too is he's not a slight guy, right? Like a lot of these, 
uh, offensive defensemen are kind of smaller in stature, right? If I'm not mistaken, Bouchard's still a bigger boy. I want to say 6'2-ish, 6'1", 6'2". He's not some like 5'11". Six, yeah, he's 6'3". There you go. Big boy. Yeah. So And 194. And, 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 you know, I mean, you got Skinner playing a great game too. 968 save percentage. Uh, I loved the show of physicality and not backing down uh, from the Oilers. I feel that can galvanize that team big time too. Um, I mean, obviously from the Vegas point of view, Stone has been an absolute monster uh, in these playoffs and has been quite inspiring to that team as far as I'm concerned. But I mean, Vegas is just going to need to kind of, to, to me, they're going to almost have to do what Florida's doing to Toronto. Their forwards are going to have to do some back checking, man. You, you you're gonna you got to give that 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 the Oilers speed less space. You got to kind of put them into that box a little bit. But I mean, I feel like Vegas was trying to allow their defense to sort of dictate what's happening in the and sort of in the back end end of things because I Eichel uh, maybe not Stone but. Definitely Eichel or, you know, even uh, Marsha Show or Nylander. No one really comes off as a defensive forward. Like, none of them really have that pedigree in them. I don't know that that's necessarily their style, per se. And, I mean, one of the shorthanded goals was against, I think, Pierre Tangelo, where McDavid stripped him of the puck. Yeah. I mean, I know I know it's still McDavid, and it's and I was a shorthanded, though. It's stuff like that that makes me feel like I, I don't know that Vegas is necessarily built for that. I don't know that they'll be able to play that kind of game. Um, and if they don't, if they do decide to go into that, it'll be an area of, of unknown for them. So they won't play it very well, at least not right out of the gates. And Edmonton will just gobble that up. So I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I think you kind of just, I don't know. I don't know how Vegas necessarily stops this train once it, because at the end of the day, they're, they're not necessarily doing anything. That's not going to potentially give them wins. They, how many shots was that um, in that in that particular game where they lost five one? I'm just going to look that up real quick. One second. So it was so Vegas had yep thirty one shots on goal. So and to Edmonton's thirty two. It's not like they weren't shooting the puck. Okay, the quality of the shots maybe just weren't there. Or Skinner, right? Skinner's allowed to have a great game. Maybe that's all that was. Um. But I don't know that they need to worry about that too much. They can find holes in Skinner's game. That's, to me, that's the issue, right? Like, keep playing your game, Vegas, and Skinner will give you those holes. That's the problem in Edmonton. That's your biggest hole is literally your goaltender, and what a great place to have a hole. So just keep doing 31 shots on goal. Normally, like, the one that where he did let in five, I was wrong. He didn't have 26 uh, shots against. He had 26 saves. So... You can shoot 30 to 31, 32 shots on Skinner and still get five past him. That'll keep you in the game against Edmonton. So just play that game. Play the game where you know you just keep pummeling that goalie with some shots. We'll find a hole. We don't need to change our game. Vegas has got a good offensive skill set. Stay within that. And uh, that's the secret to Edmonton. I don't think it's a secret, but that's, that's the way you get around Edmonton. You just... 
put pucks up, just put some pucks on the net and Skinner will do you a favor. Well, I mean, and I, I hate to say that cause I do like Skinner and I do think he's a good goalie. I just think he's over in over his head. He wasn't supposed to be him. It's supposed to be Campbell. I, I don't know, man. Like I say, I mean, Brossois isn't exactly lighting things up on the other end either. Right. So, I mean, as long as Skinner, no. as long as Skinner can give the Oilers the goaltending that they're looking for and can basically outduel Brossois, I think that, I mean, Again, I, I kind of keep going back to the fact that it's so hard to keep the Oilers off that power play. They're such a speedy team. They're so elusive. You're going to, yeah. you're, there's going to be some clutching and grabbing at some point. I mean, the the, the yeah. power play is going to get an opportunity. The, I, I'd love to see out of the 82 game regular season, how many times the Oilers had no power plays. I'd venture, <laughs> I'd venture to say that there probably was none. I'd venture to say they had at least a yeah, power play right. game. At least. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I, I think, I personally think with the game two that the Oilers played, that showed a lot of people a side of the Oilers that maybe we haven't seen as much as we would have liked. For me in particular, it was their defensive game. And more importantly, it was the show of physicality. I mean, when, when things started to get roughed up a little bit, Kane was in there. I mean, they just weren't back. Yeah, they just weren't true. backing down. I think Hyman got his arms around somebody and was kind of t- jostling with somebody for a little bit there. I, I just, I, I liked the push pushback from the Oilers in regards to a physicality standpoint. And I, I, I mean, you know, the, these guys can score goals. That, that, that's no surprise to anybody and hasn't been for the past seven to eight years. Shocked. I mean, it just <laughs> is. What they've been looking for is goaltending. Now, Peripheral numbers aren't so great, but Skinner has gotten him to this point. Uh, there's a lot of good things going on right now uh, in regards to the Oilers. I mean, you know, and you're throwing Dreisaitl in there. He's just having a stupid, stupid playoff right now. That's just nuts. Mm-hmm. And I, I I, just think that the where the Oilers game is at right now, now, do they put up yeah. a stinker in game three? We don't know. But where their game was is at after game two, that was the most impressive yeah. Edmonton Oilers team that I've seen in quite some time, and thrilled to see that in no question. thrilled to see that in the playoffs. Absolutely, yeah. So, did you predict them? Did you make a prediction. I'm going oil. I'm saying Oilers and seven. I'm going Oilers and six, baby. Oh, I hope you're right. Yes, sir. I don't know if I can handle game seven. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. I think I collapse. I'll collapse. <laughs> you know what would happen? I wouldn't even watch it. Cause you know me, eh? like oh, it's my fault. Uh, you have the, the superstition, superstition thing, just like me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I can't. I wouldn't even be able to watch a game seven. <laughs> oh god, that would kill me to know that the game is on and I'm not watching it. The only way I'm allowed to watch it is if I watch it from beginning to end. That's the only way I'm allowed. And I don't know if I can make that kind of commitment at nine thirty at night. It's 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 a little tough. <laughs> it's a little tough. It's a little rough morning. Yeah, it makes for a rough morning at work. Is, that's for yeah. sure. Exactly. So long, if it's on the weekend, that's different. But yeah, chances are it will be during the week, so I won't be able to. But all right. That, Anyways, that is a wrap. Uh, let's that's around the boards. That is a that is a wrap on the round the boards for this episode. And let's take a quick commercial break to hear a few words from our sponsors, and we will be right back. 
Light the lamp during hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare, and still pay less than what you would on some of those other, more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, awareness mode, custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit, crystal clear call quality, water and sweat resistant, eight hours of playtime. I mean, these earbuds are really spectacular. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. There, we're back now. Let's go. Check my fanny. We did. It's not that impressive. Moving on. Beauties and the <laughs> beast, baby. We're That's coming right. at you. All right. Right into it. Mark Stone. I mean, there's not much to talk about here. Like, guy comes back from back surgery, and I think he had two of them this year, I believe. Um, either way, uh, yeah. even if he only had one, it's still back surgery. So, comes back, yeah, exactly. leads leads his his team in uh, in playoff scoring. Like, I don't know if I don't know much more the definition definition of leadership than this. Like, yeah. he is yeah. like he he's just willing that team, you know, to the second round, giving the Oilers all they can handle. I mean. It has really been impressive, and I, I for one, first was surprised that he even came back for the playoffs. And number two, yep. I never, 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 never saw this coming. No way, no how. I mean, I want to hear all about this. We're going to, you know, we'll, we'll get a little bit more information at the end of the year when the team's out of the playoffs or the playoffs are over. But, man, like, I, I'd love to know what's going on here. Like, what the hell, how did this guy heal? Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't understand. But irregardless, an absolute beauty this week in Mark Stone. Number two, Frederick Anderson until last night. But be, <laughs> but before that. Up until last night. Up until last night. He actually had, if I'm not mistaken, it was a, uh, his, his actual record right now is 3-0 and because he got pulled uh, in game three. Um, three, yeah. So, his goals against average was actually below two and his save percentage, if I'm not mistaken, was above 930. But they are currently right now 2.03 GAA with a 925 save percentage. All this to say, as long as this player can stay healthy, 
I think this is a big reason why the Carolina Hurricanes will beat the New Jersey Devils in their series. I just think he's he's a better goaltender than anything that can that the New Jersey can throw at uh, at the Hurricanes. He's shown that through the first two games, had a complete clunker, uh, four goals on twelve shots in Game Three. Hey, it it happens. I mean, New Jersey is a great offensive team, and when that snowball starts, it, it can keep it can oh, yeah. keep going. So, suffice For it to sure. say, as long as he's healthy, I think you clearly have your number one netminder, and I do think that he propels them to the uh, third round. Full strength, full transparency with my third beauty. Had he not had the performance he had last night, this guy was going to be my beast. And we are talking about Jack Hughes. He literally goes from a beast to a beauty in a night. Two goals, two assists. And again, the reason, the the biggest reason why he is in my beauties and why he made the flip was because that team needed that player to have that type of a game. And when you have defenses that are basically strategizing against, you know, very few players in some cases with some teams, one or two players and Jack Hughes is one of those players, yet he still goes off for four points in that type of a game, bringing the whole Brindamore thing in there, having him like, that's a big, big time performance out of that player. He, every, all eyes were going to be on him to, to produce they're down to nothing. They need this game. And what does he do? He does yep. exactly what he's paid for. Exactly what everybody's <laughs> come to know and love. And it's just a big game. There's a lot of pressure on that kid. Don't tell me there wasn't any pressure. There was tons of it. All, probably all of it. Absolutely. With the situation they were under. And he comes up with that. Hey, listen. My third beauty of the week, Jack Hughes. My beast. And it goes right back to the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs core four. This these four players are what your world Lenin, keep it down. Are what your your fan base has been dreaming of. It's what they've been expecting. And they have done nothing. Like they just have fallen flat in this series. There, there's nothing going on. There's I mean, we talked about it already. I'm not gonna uh uh talk it into the dirt here, but this is this is a case where you need to have some sort of effort out of these guys. And, I mean, not only are they not producing an effort, they're actually costing the team games. So, you know what? I've already kind of gone over it and had my rant earlier. The Leafs' core four are my beast this week. There's never enough, though. You can always say more. They suck. <laughs> There's, yeah, that's it. And it's great because everybody knows it. And everybody's pointing in this direction. Mm-hmm. And it's completely justifiably so. Everybody is aware, and I don't. I just don't know that it matters to. I don't want to say it doesn't matters. To, doesn't matter to JT because it does, and I don't want to say it doesn't matter to Marner because I think it does there too. But I don't think it matters to Matthews, and I don't think it matters to Nylander. Um, and I that's a that's a big problem. Like it's a that's a very big problem. That regardless of the, if the truth of the matter is, is that, yes, it does matter to them. This is how everyone else is feeling it. This is what you look like. You look like you don't care. So either you care and you suck or you don't care and you're lying and you still suck. So well, I don't I like any which way you look at it. you got to smarten up. Your game needs to change. And you know what, Marty? It, it, it's so funny that you mentioned Nylander. 
again, talking with my buddy at work. He's a Leafs fan. I believe it was game two. Nylander is... He's fucking nowhere to be found for the first two periods, okay? In the third period, Marty, and I, again, I believe it's game two, he played like a man possessed. And going back to my buddy at work, I looked over at him at lunch today and I said, you know what? This guy, later on in life, in his 40s, turning 50, he's going to sit back and he's going to say, I could have made so much more fucking money. Because if you get that determined Nylander game in, game out, shift in, shift out. I looked right at my buddy today and I, and I told him, I said, Eric, this guy could eat without even question, nine million a year. That's not even a question. That's, that's lowballing it for Christ's sake <laughs> in, in, in these times. Like you could be talking 9.5, 9.7, pushing 10 mil. If he, he's, if he's got talent, if he gave that type of effort, every game, every shift, this guy, it's a completely he could player. be making easily three and a half million dollars more than what he's making right now. Like it's not even, it's, it's not even funny. So it, 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 it's just another, it's just another negative to add to the whole, the whole, the whole Toronto Maple Leaf saga. It, it, it just the it, whole it saga. never ends. The whole Dubas, oh, even the Shanna plan, Shanahan, the Shanna plan, Shanna plan, Shanna plan yeah, plan, Shanna plan, yeah, yeah, Shanna plan. So even to me, in my opinion, even him, like, it's really time to move on from all of this shit. And it started with Brendan Shanahan. And I'm not saying he's bad at his job or that he deserves to be fired. I'm not saying that he deserves this. This group won't do it. But this. Yeah, and he's he's defending Dubas, and, and rightfully so. Again, he's not doing anything wrong per se. It's just this did not work out. It didn't get you on. to where you wanted to go, which was a Stanley Cup. Exactly. It's time to move on completely. Bring other people in and have them do to this group what needs to be done according to somebody else. Now, if is it break it apart? Is it completely blow it up? Is it somewhere in between? I don't know. Whatever that is, I just think it needs a, a fresh new concepts. It needs new a breath. A, yeah. It's a breath of fresh air is what it yeah. needs. There you go. <laughs> um, all right. So it's my turn. Some beauties. Carter Verhage. Mm. Yeah, he's mine. Yeah, I'm going to get him. I'm going to go out and I'm going to get him. He's the real deal, though. That's the thing. He's doing exactly in the playoffs what he was doing in the regular season. I love this kid, and I don't see anything... Go, that's going to suggest that he's going to slow down at any point. You know exactly what he's getting, what you're getting with him, because he does it every single night. Um, he's over, I think he's over a point a game, or is it at least hovering somewhere right around there? He's, at, he? he's up he? to nine points or something like he's that. At 10. Oh, he's at 10. Okay. 10 and 10. Yeah, four goals, six assists, which is honestly what he is. He's a point a game player without many massive amounts of flair or flash to it. He's just consistent. He's good. He's dependable. Um, set your watch to it because he's going to get he's going to get you some points every night. Um, yeah, this is Sergey Bobrovsky has thrust into the spotlight and Bob has proven he's still got with a lot left in the tank. And quite frankly, he's got me reconsidering letting him go for my fantasy team. I do feel he deserves a permanent spot. On a team. Is it my team? I don't know that yet. But he has me reconsidering it. Um, I know you don't get a playoff goalie when you start a regular season and you've got him on your squad. So what I'm going to get out of Bobrovsky in September is not the same thing I'm going to get for him pushing towards the Stanley Cup in the playoff hunt, in the run. Still, though, 
he seems to have something that he wants to prove. He's playing in the in very ins, in inspirational moments and he's stepping up. So, because he did, and to me, he's won this team a couple of games, more than a couple of games along the way. Well, I mean, when you look at his peripheral numbers, right? So he's six and one in the playoffs, 3.13 goals against average and a 909 save percentage. Ho-hum, right? Mm-hmm. Hold on a second. Yeah. Hold on a second. In Bobrovsky's last four games, game seven against Boston, three goals against on th- on 36 shots, 917 save percentage. Game one against Toronto, two goals on 36 shots, 944 save percentage. Game two against Toronto, two goals on 37 shots against, 946 save percentage. Game three against Toronto, two goals against on 24 shots, 917 save percentage. Um, Bobrovsky is back, just in case you were wondering. This is now four games, (laughs) and that is a game seven included. And if you, in my personal opinion, you can might as well throw the game one in there too. Those are big, big games. One to finish off, Huge, one yeah, to start off. And listen, I, I'm pretty sure I feel the kind of the same way as Marty does about Bobrovsky. It's one of those things where you're like, ooh, do I really keep him or do I not? Like, ah, he didn't have the best. Like, there's a lot of questions in regards to keeping him. But if he has turned any kind of a corner, now is the time to do it. Like... Dude, if he's turned over a corner, then this is an even more dangerous team than we thought. Like $10 million a year for this guy and four consecutive games of 917 or over. Yes, please. Thank you. Ki- yes, thank please. you kindly. <laughs> like this is what this team has been waiting for out of this guy for quite some time right now. Happy for him. Yeah. Oh, happy yeah. for him. Yep. And, and it, again, I, I had to point that out. It was it just it was so weird seeing the overall numbers compared to his last four games. He has really, yeah. really buckled down. And what makes me what, yeah. what concerns me for the Leafs even more in game three, they only had 24 shots. Like, what? yeah, I mean, I, listen, I feel, I feel that's more on Marty, the Leafs. It's than the, on the Florida, on Florida Panthers. <laughs> it's the Florida yeah. Panthers. They're not a defensive juggernaut. Like, you need to no. be able to put some sort of sustainable... Pre- I mean, game, you know, 37 shots and 36 shots in game uh, games one and two. That's more like the Leafs. Like, what the hell's yeah. going on? So, game three was so anyway. weird. So weird. Good on Bobrovsky. <laughs> beauty, yes. For sure. Yeah. Uh, another beauty, Andre Platt. Uh, I've always loved this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, he brings a lot to the table with experience. He's got tenacity, offensive skills when he needs it. Um, he was a huge part of all the cup runs in Tampa. So he's got that experience, like I mentioned. And honestly, he's just as important on this young New Jersey team yeah. as he was in Tampa Bay. He plays a very important role. Um, nothing that's going to jump out yet at you. Seven points, three goals in 10, in 10 games played. In fact, he's a minus four, which is kind of shitty. But he's only playing 16 minutes. But still, you got to understand what he brings to the table. A lot of the intang- intangibles that you just necessarily are not aware of necessarily on the ice. Andre Platt's got a wealth of experience that this young core is absolutely tapping into. And when you need him most, he'll be there. Like, he's a very clutch performer kind of guy. He's the kind of guy that, you know, the game's going to OT. Then they ask the panel, well, who's you, who's your pick for this team? Well, honestly, Andre Platt is always a good option to get the OT winner. So just, just putting that out there. <laughs> oh, and now the beast. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, oh. you can just eat a bag of, you know what I'm talking about. 
The guy needs to step it up. I mean, after the season he had, it was like, oh, thank God we have um, secondary scoring in Hyman and we've got it in Nuge and like we're ready to go. Let's just rock and roll. Here we go. Nothing to worry about for secondary scoring. No. Nuge says, ah, hold my beer. I'm going to just shit the bed every single fucking game. I'm going to get zero goals and six assists by the time we're eight games in. How's that sound? You fucking... We trusted you, man. We trusted you. We thought this was the new Ryan Nugent Hopkins. We thought you were the guy all along. Like, why would you do this now of all times? Just completely disappear. You're... This is... I don't know. Hopefully, he's holding it for deeper into the playoffs or something. Because it better come out at some point. But right now... This is like old Nuge. I don't I don't like this. I mean, he's a minus three too, right? And I mean the there's like six nothing good. There's six guys above him that are that are um scoring at a, a better rate. And none of them, they're all I mean, at worst, McDavid, Bouchard are even, plus minus. Dry at six. So I mean he's not exactly helping the cause out either when I'm in a defensive no. capacity. So it's been a rough go so far in these playoffs for him, that's for sure. Yeah, 14 shots on goal. There's not much. Zero shooting percent. I mean, there's nothing to pull from him here. There's just. Is that? Oh, no way. So he's got six assists. Five of those came on a power play. He's useless right now. Playing 20 minutes. Can't do anything. You're going to need a little bit more. Unless he's on the power play. I mean, you can get away with it for a little bit here, but you're going to need. I mean, if you're going to keep moving on to the We're third eight games round, in. Yeah. You're going to no. need him. I mean, this is a 100-point guy here. So, like, I mean. If he doesn't show up in the next game, I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just saying, if he doesn't show up next game, that's going to suck. <laughs> we might lose, um, and I'm, people are going to start pointing at secondary scoring if this keeps up. Like, because well, that's again, the issue, even right? Huge, or uh, sorry, even the long, what's the longer the march, Hyman. the longer the march goes on, the more you're going to need him here. I mean, you can't you yeah. can't just keep relying on the same uh, the same people. So he's going to have to step Is up Hyman here. You're going to need up there. You know, we mm. need a cup. Yeah, Hyman's at least producing. Got nine and eight, mm-hmm. but uh, two goals only. So gonna need some more. Secondary scores are gonna need some more for yes, sure. We are. And there you. All right. Well, that's it. There you have it. That's about an hour less yeah. than our last episode. <laughs> You're welcome. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh. felt good though. That was. Uh, I just. I am worried about it. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at twoguysaleagueandsomeguests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at twogalag.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info. Our handle is at twogalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Thanks for listening, and until next time.